I can't complain at all. Song with flying colors, the ribbon in the sky look like a golden ticket. Something to travel through the prism is a prison. I'm looking for depth in the light. We are sitting here, uh, here with Asar. How are you doing today, Asar? Man, can't complain. I am all good. Thank you for having me. That's good. That's good. How has uh, 2021 been treating you so far? It's been interesting. Honestly, I, I think there are a lot of moving pieces right now. Uh, I think everybody is kind of shifting gears and getting ready to prepare for when uh, outside hopefully opens back up all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, like I, I feel like everybody's just kind of moving around right now. There's, there's a little bit of a buzz bubbling, so it's pretty dope to see. So you've noticed that kind of motion going on with, with people and music? Yeah, absolutely. I've and I've I've started to see like different festivals start popping up at the end of the year too. Um mm-hmm. so it it's just it's really cool and I'm really hoping that we can get out and about again cuz I miss the the live aspects of music so so much. It's been so long. So long. So many broken hearts right now cuz of the, <laughs> just that that entire like life is just like, you know, put to the yeah. side. Absolutely. But it's definitely good to see that hope. What was kind of your favorite thing about that live scene that you miss? I mean, I think I was just starting to come into my own as a performer, like right before COVID hit, because I had just gotten done with college at the end of 2019. And like I was starting to do shows in the city because I was back home. Um, And we literally had a show like a week before the shutdown. Um, And it was basically a packed out show. So like, to go from that to, okay, well, no more shows for the next year and a half. It's just like, wow, bro. Like, it's, it's, it's been an adjustment. It's definitely been an adjustment, but I'm ready to get back to it. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, just getting kind of cut off and get right back into it, hopefully, soon enough. Yeah. I've been listening to your work for a while now, and it's you're always providing new sounds. Like, I don't think I've heard a track and went like, oh, you know, I, I've heard this from him before. Mm-hmm. So you incorporate different styles, whether it's, you know, super melodic, soulful, or maybe more bar heavy. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I want to talk about your style a bit because I, I find that super interesting. Out of all of your projects, like, what would you recommend to someone to show what you're all about? Like, what record would you take and be like, this is a SAR right here. Um, that's a great question. That's a great question. I think, and, and it's funny you mention that because just like you said, like I think I show different elements in every song that I have, right? Like I think, um, I think especially since like I I love, I don't ever want to be a one trick pony. Um, so I, I purposely and intentionally try to switch up the sound as much as possible. In terms of the message, though, I think it kind of uh, is shown throughout. But the song that's truest to me out of some of the stuff I most recently dropped is uh, Hive off of my EP, Fly to the Honeybee. That's the one I would pick. All right. Fair, fair. Yeah, that whole entire, like, that EP in itself, it has a lot of different vibes going on. It has kind of like a more aggressive verse on, was it Sting? Is that what it was called? Stinger. Stinger. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot more aggressive on that one. And then others, very soulful, very, yeah. Like, I definitely see the uh, variety there. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, uh, like, as for, like, soulful stuff, mm-hmm. so you, you've been really open about growing up in a Christian background and very influenced by uh, gospel stuff. Mm-hmm. So would you say that that genre was kind of the most impactful in your life? 
Oh, absolutely. Like for the first eight, nine years of my life, that was my primary source of, of, of music. And my mom was in the choir and I was in church even past the age of eight. From the time I was born to about the time I was 18 and went off to college, I was in church two, three days a week. So it's like to grow up and, and live in that and, you know, it'd be a part of my lifestyle, even the current date in terms of my own belief system and and the culture behind it. It's like that definitely made and shaped the music that I wanted to make. I think when you listen to gospel music, it makes you feel something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and all the music that I'm personally drawn to, it has to make me feel something. Um, stuff like like soul, even soul samples. I like to rap on a lot of stuff with soul samples in it. Um, I'm drawn to them because you you get a feeling behind it. Like you can feel it when you listen to it. Um, and that type of stuff always just resonates with me. With gospel, it's like, do, do you feel like that's kind of a hard uh, um, kind of, because of course this is like, this is complete, you know, this is, this is you as, as a person. Do you feel like it's kind of hard to uh, navigate in the industry uh, holding that intact? Uh, no, I don't, I don't really think so. Um, especially not where I'm at right now. Like I, I think everybody in my immediate uh, cohort and like within a, yeah, just within the cohort that I, that I'm coming up in, if I've had a chance to collaborate them, I've made it very clear what it is that I represent. <clears throat> um, and in a lot of cases, it's garnered more respect than anything. There have been a couple of times where like, cause I don't, I don't, uh, use any profanity in any of my music and I don't hop on features with profanity either um so I've had to explain that anytime I I hop on songs um and everybody who's hopped on songs with me like they respect it and and I think that's really really dope because at first that was something I was kind of self-conscious about because I didn't know how people would take it but like I've grown so much as an artist on my own that like I'm very confident in coming out the gate like hey this is what I stand for you know what I'm saying this is this is what I do and don't do. Um, and if you're rocking with it, cool. If not, I completely understand there are no hard feelings. So it's been dope. Yeah, I can definitely see like that situation where you would come across the people that like don't mess with it too much. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was kind of thinking like how that could be limiting, but it seems like, yeah, you find your people and they, you know, uh, you yeah. do what you do with them. Absolutely. And I, and I think a lot of times um, it's kind of stigmatized in, in gospel and then like, of course, there's a whole subsect of like Christian hip hop that I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like I fall within those within those confines at all by any means. Um, but I think why a lot of times that genre gets kind of stagnant is because I don't know. I, I think you can forget sometimes that we are holistic people. You know what I'm saying? Like, definitely. I think if if you identify yourself as Christian and like there's a certain message you want to portray in your music. That's cool. You don't have to marginalize yourself in the confines of this is all that I can talk about though. Like right here. Like I I think music is made to portray stories and from various viewpoints. Like if you're not telling your full complete story, you're giving not only yourself a disservice but the people around you because these are stories that other people could probably resonate with. So it's just about widening the scope. Right. It's easy for people to just try to put you under a label, which seems yeah. like a lot of people are just trying to do constantly to others. Yeah. So it's good that, you know, you can work past that. 
Uh, so besides gospel, is there another genre that you feel most in tune with? Like, is there a sound or an aesthetic where mm -hmm. you're in your domain on a track? Yeah, I love Neo Soul. Uh, I love, 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 love Neo Soul and R&B. Um, just because of the feel of it. And it's it's kind of cheating because a lot of those Neo Soul chords and stuff is like gospel chords. So it's just like, uh, you're not really venturing too far out. But um yeah, I, I really, really rock with it. It's super familiar to me, and a lot of my favorite singers are in kind of that pocket. All right. So what kind of, like, artists have influenced you, whether it's in that kind of neo-soul area or maybe in, you know, more hip-hop? Word. Uh, in hip-hop, my favorite rapper of all time is Common. Um, of course, the Kendricks, the Coles, the Drakes. Uh, Lauryn Hill is one of my favorite artists ever. Um, in terms of neo-soul, uh, the, oh, <laughs> that's funny. This album, <laughs> <laughs> this album changed my life. Freudian by Daniel Caesar. When I first heard it, it made me look at music a whole lot differently. I, and it's because the album, like if I had to pick an album that encompassed what I think love is or what it sounds like, like if I had to give a sound to love, it's Freudian by Daniel Caesar. Um, oh, so this is your recommendation. This is this is solid. Oh my God. Yeah, yes, absolutely. He just um, pulled that out of nowhere. So it's like, you got so that this was, right there. This was actually just given to me as an early birthday gift. It just came in the mail like two days ago. Oh, okay. I got yeah. you. I got you. Um, but yeah, that Anderson Pock, uh Malibu, that was another album that blew my mind when it came out. Um, and that one also changed, like, Around that time period, because I think uh, Freudian and, and Malibu dropped a year apart. Mm -hmm. Around that time period, I, I was still trying to find my sound. And, like, I don't know. Those just really resonated with me so heavily. And specifically Malibu, the fact that he was able to so seamlessly mix genres the way that he did in terms of rapping and, and singing in a way that, like, wasn't like drake type singing you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. where you you it, it was just leaps and bounds different in terms of melodies and sounds and, and what he was able to do i can definitely see common as an influence like it makes sense considering kind of the the socially conscious style that he has represented in chicago so mm -hmm. i can like see the impacts like that uh, do you identify a lot with the chicago scene or the south in general as an artist yeah, I mean, it's, it's home. Um, I think in my earlier years of rapping, I was very self-conscious about rapping about the crib just because, like, I don't know. Um, it's portrayed in a certain way. And my experiences were a little different. Um, like, I didn't, my, I got a great mix of everything growing up. Like, my, my pop stayed out in the suburbs, um, in a south suburb called Madison, and it was like a great neighborhood, and, and you know what I'm saying? I, I didn't really, I didn't really have any worries out here. Um, mm -hmm. On the contrast, though, my mom stayed in, in one of the, the rougher neighborhoods on the, over on the east side of the city, southeast side of the city. Um, and I think I was self-conscious because I was like, okay, I want to make sure I'm giving a good mix of all of my experiences rather than giving a subsect just because I know it caters to a specific audience. Like I want to be as open and honest and candid as my music as I can. 
So until I figured out that balance for myself for a long time, I strayed away from it in terms of the writing portions of it. Um, but sonically, it 100% en- encompassed my, like, my, like, what am I trying? What's the word I'm looking for? It encompassed the the sound that I followed, right? Because Chicago is known for, the Midwest in general is just known for soul. Um, right. And so that 100% influenced the music I, I make and have made for since I started. So, yeah. So what did you grow up listening to that kind of, like, region-wise? Like, what did you grow up listening to uh, that really kind of had that Chicago sound for you? Um, I was listening to Lupe. I was listening to Kanye. Um, I was listening to all the people that Ye worked with, too, which is still technically, a, like, because Ye produced it, it was still the Chicago sound, right? Like, I was mm-hmm. listening to Talib Kweli. I was listening to, um, who else was I listening to? Yeah, of course, I was listening to Common and everything that Ye was producing for him. Um, a little bit of Twista. I wasn't heavy in a Twista at the time. Um not until later on when I started looking them up on my own. Um, and yeah, I think the rest of what I was listening to was just very soulful stuff. Like my pops had put me onto D'Angelo at a very early age. Um, I was listening to the first album I ever listened to um, full way through was The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Um Trying to think, what else would I listen to at that time? Still a lot of gospel, just because when I first started, it was it was gospel. My brothers were putting me onto the music I was listening to, um, in terms of hip hop. Like they were putting me on the most deaf and Pharrell and all of that. So yeah, yeah, I definitely see all the different kind of voices that you've you've heard from different sounds, but like kind yeah. of you know similar genre. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So most recently, uh, you've dropped the a single titled Paradise. And uh, has just a straight verse throughout. Do you mm-hmm. have anything to say about the new track or how it came to be? Yeah. Uh, shout out to Thilo. Thelonious Martin is the individual who produced it. I've been a fan of Thilo since I was in high school. Um, and it was just really dope to come in to be able to connect with him much later on in life um, and get a track done together. We actually met through hooping. Like, we played basketball together uh, through, like, some mutual homies and and – it was just it was just a dope experience. Um, we ran a pick and roll very effectively, so we became really cool after that. And uh, he heard some of my rapping on the timeline and was like, yo, I want to send you some stuff over. And it was instant, like, no-brainer, no-brainer at all. Um, and I'm glad that it's getting the reception that it's getting. And, yeah, I hope to do a lot more with him. Yeah, what, what's it – I assume it's a lot, diff- a lot different – having chemistry with someone when you're making that music like when when you're good with them like obviously there's a different dynamic there than someone that you're just like collaborating with one off yeah absolutely absolutely do you think you could you can hear that in the music in a way yeah i think um i've earlier on when i was making music i was very self-conscious about um because i have a lot of really talented friends really really talented friends and i think Earlier on, I felt I was scared that I was hiding behind production. Like, it didn't really matter what I said because the production behind everything I did was just so amazing that, like, it was going to do what it needed to do regardless. And 
I don't know. I of course I value production because production makes a song, but like I want to make sure that I'm adding to it. Like I'm being additive rather than I'm just kind of a feature there. Um and so I I, I was scared of that for a long time, but now I realize that collaboration is the basis of music, right? Like you you it, there is no one thing that makes or breaks the song. It's the collective efforts together. So for this last EP, we were super collaborative with it. We had different musicians coming through to lay live instrumentation. I sat and worked with Ro, who's my primary producer and my engineer. And we went through all of these joints together and, and we took our time with them. Um, and it even translated to the album that we're working on, like taking those same things we learned and just applying them. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I find that really interesting how, you know, how, how you said it's the foundation. You know, it's important to collaborate to make music together and yeah. i think that sometimes because now you know you can just make music in your in your bedroom like all by yourself like it's a lot more accessible so i feel like that's sometimes forgotten you know that sort mm -hmm. of um that sense of collaboration but uh is there any do you have any sort of dream collaboration of any artists you can think of any artists uh i have a few Anderson Park, Jasmine Sullivan, Jasmine Sullivan, Jasmine Sullivan. That would be number true. one answer. Jasmine Sullivan. Um, I love her so much. Um, there are some like a lot of my collaborations would be singers because I love R and B. Like I would mm -hmm. love to work with Lucky Day. I would love to work with Sir. I would love to work with her. I would love to work with Jasmine Sullivan. I would love to work with um, Andrada Day. I would love to work with. Uh, Alex Isley, Masego, like, I, I can keep going. I oh, keep yeah. Going. So you've been making music for a while now. Like, it, it, it's been a minute, right? Uh, professionally, for five years. Mm -hmm. Five years now. Have you noticed any particular big changes in the scene over the past five years or so? Like, not just, like, COVID involved, but, like, mm -hmm. just set, maybe the general sound you hear in your own circle? I mean, yeah, it's it's shifting, um, but it's shifting in a good way. I think, like I said, th things out here are getting a lot more collaborative. I think for a long time, Chicago was known for being like very segregated in terms of the music scenes, um, but now it's getting a lot more like everybody knows everybody, everybody works with everybody. Um, I think in terms of the sound, it shifted once uh, Monte Booker entered the space and like. We started hearing a whole new sound literally because of him. Mm -hmm. um, but I still think soul reigns supreme in the city in terms of in terms of what you hear. I still think soul reigns supreme. Yeah. I feel like the internet makes things a lot blurrier with location and sound. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like music just keeps blending everywhere because it's just, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's, you know, like you said, everybody's collaborating. Everybody's yeah. got their own backgrounds and sounds. And it's just kind of... You could find all sorts of different inspiration. You know, Absolutely. It's more accessible there. So basically to wrap things up, what do you see being next for Asar other than, you know, live things when that comes about? The album. I, I see the album being my primary and pri my primary priority for the rest of this year. Uh, just knocking it out. We've been working on it for years. And I think it's finally time to, like, let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah, it's about so that it's time. looking. At, it's looking to uh, get about that time. It's about that time. <laughs> awesome, that's yeah. something definitely great to look forward to. Uh, you have anything to say about the project that you know you want to say before? 
Um, it's the culmination of my work for like the past four years. Um, I think it'll tell a story. I think because I'm just a self-conscious person for the longest time, like I nitpicked at it. And I'm realizing now that I'm growing as an artist so that, so if, if I don't get ready to put it out now, a year from now, I will hate it and it will not be as good as the music that I'm making. <laughs> so like, now is the time. I think we've, we've put a lot of time into it. There's a little more we need to do to tweak it to make it right. Um, and we're going to have fun and enjoy the process. I'm not going to overthink it. Sounds great. That's exciting. Yeah. Comparison to heavyweight to carry. I've been singing to the sun like Mary Mary. And the only rain I've seen in my forecast just happens to foreshadow my ascent, dialing in. And if the line is busy,